0: Tree from the poplar trees. Blood on the leaves. I just need to clear my mind out. It's
1: been racing since the summertime. Peace. Now peace, peace, hey Everybody, this is James T Ma With Ma'at Mar- 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 Studios here for another one, 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 one right my now. man Chef Shura, Master Teacher. Hey. Nine Books. Is it nine yet? Yeah, no you nine. nine books. We Four got our please, please, please. We got special guests for right you. We got today we got Tisha Love. I'm saying it right, Ayurvedic.
0: Ayurveda. Ayurveda.
1: I've been saying the wrong thing. Ayurveda, medicine, me. holistic, peace, oh, wellness—you know how we do it. Here. We are unapologetic, representing our people, wanting our people to have a better life, do be better. So we uh we can start with a little bit of music, and then after after that a little bit of libation, stuff. So we getting ready here.
2: Hold on, just a minute for the
1: get
2: back to the first party when you tried
1: to throw his smile it came out of your body, it came out of your pride when you give the love and you were screaming into love me the bottle to you so here we are again for another you know we uh we challenge each other every chance we get with the guests we have on here we want everybody to get lessons we want people to learn consciousness We want people to learn I mean, it's part of our passion We got together to do this And we got like nine down With uh, episodes uh, We're also looking for people To uh, hit us up at um, our email address Which is Forum At gmail FreethinkersForum At gmail At gmail Yeah, at gmail.com uh, So we're looking to leverage everybody's uh, wisdom And understanding uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, we're on uh, YouTube, iTunes, you know, uh, we got all over the place, several different episodes, several different wisdoms and modalities, so here we are today with Tisha Love. Tisha, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: All right. Um, thank you, first of all. Happy to be here. Happy to share and talk. Um... So yes, my name is Tisha Love, and I am a Ayurvedic practitioner. So you were saying it right as far as Ayurvedic medicine. So I yes. did say it right. <laughs> the science right. itself is Ayurveda, but yeah, Ayurvedic medicine. Um, so I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner, trained as a clinical Ayurvedic specialist, also a licensed massage and bodywork therapist specializing in Ayurvedic massage and bodywork. Um, and I kind of have an eclectic background of, it's been a long journey to this path. Um, I got my training, I started my formal Ayurvedic training in 2011 and um, finished kind of the, the first formal leg of it. It's like, it never ceases, it never finishes, it's ongoing because Ayurveda is a really rich and deep uh, study. But I finished um, some of my formal training as a clinical Ayurvedic specialist in 2015 and so since then, I've been practicing, um, doing Ayurvedic health consultations, body therapies in, mm. here in Charlotte, North Carolina, as well as long distance. Mm. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher, and mainly I do private yoga. So I'm not really teaching groups. So how
1: long have you been doing this?
0: It's been a journey. <laughs> it really has. So yoga, I did my 200-hour teacher training in 2010 in D.C., I'm originally from Charlotte, okay. um, but I was gone for 14 years. So I lived in Tampa, Florida, for two years, and then, or a little over two years, and then the DC area for about 11 and a half years, okay. and then I moved back to Charlotte um, about five years ago. And when I moved back, that's when I. Um, Started to develop my practice more here in
1: Charlotte. Outstanding, folks. You hear that? So, we got a person here practicing, doing a lot of good work for you. Mm. We're going to get into details shortly after we do our libation ceremony. Chef, take over with the libation
2: ceremony. All right. And it's rack yet mut netir, item like power neturu. It time of tetu, it time aku, it time a maku, it time jasu, it time jjetu, it time meru, it time sabayu. it time sepsu, it time tepiu. I honor all divine beings who walk with me, who come forth as the glorious forms of the power of neturu. May we remain together, one mind, one body, and one soul towards one harmonious goal. I'm in my heart.
1: Peace, peace, peace. So <laughs> you know, we you know, we have to represent our ancestors every time we we, you know, do this. A lot of times we call our names, you know, like Stoke Carmichael. True.
2: Noble <laughs> Drew Ali. Yes. You know, Timothy uh Drew.
1: Timothy Drew. Timothy Yeah, 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 yeah. You, mm-hmm. Also Ture. Kwame Terray, same man. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you know, Noble Drew Ali, all these different people that we, we speak of, uh Dr. Francis Chris you know, big shout out to her. Thanks for her uh donation to our society to help us get to the right place, uh to awaken consciousness. So now we got you here, Tisha, we're happy to hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, so what do you offer
0: mm-hmm.
1: our people? What can you offer?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, What I offer is basically a framework, a way of understanding your nature, your consciousness, your mind-body type. Um, That's kind of to put it simply. I mean, I offer a way, because I believe there are many paths um, to health, to well-being, to spirituality, spiritual growth. Um, So what I offer is a path that includes uh, Ayurveda, which is, we can get more into exactly what Ayurveda is, but Mm -hmm. to put it simply, um, it's a traditional healing system that was developed in India, ancient India, Um, one of the longest practices of medicine, longest standing forms of medicine that's been practiced continuously. Um, in the world. And so what I offer people really is a lot of coaching. So how to implement these principles into your life for better health and well-being, um, which guides everything from how you eat, how you sleep, um, how you run your life, your daily routines, all of that. Um, and it incorporates so many things, like I said, food, herbs, body therapies, meditation, yoga, um, all of life. Ayurveda itself means the knowledge of life. Mm. And so everything about it's good to know healthy living and well-being, mind, body and spirit is incorporated within Ayurveda.
1: So when we talk about ailments and things like that, when people seek you out, what are they? What what are, what are some of their uh, questions? What are some of the things that they might suffer from?
0: Mm hmm. Well, oftentimes people will seek me out, one, because they're looking for just an overall natural approach or understanding to their health. So they're kind of wanting to just get a bigger framework um, of how to approach their health, rather than a lot of times when it comes to natural health in our society, we, we just think one thing, like we think food. And then of course, within food, there's so many different paths and, and mm. diets, if you will, quote-unquote diets or ways of eating. Um, but they're also looking to understand what's right for them. So that's one of the things that's special about Ayurveda is that it's always unique to the individual, and it's about understanding what your unique mind-body type is. So that's in general. Other specific conditions that they might want support on um, that they come to me for are things like uh, fertility issues, weight loss energy, um sometimes it's a support support with with medical conditions that have been diagnosed, but they want, you know, a, a natural approach to at least help them with that. So mm-hmm. I've worked with people who are suffering from different types of autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. Um of course diabetes, high blood pressure, um sleep issues, anxiety yeah
1: that's Mm. that's everything that we need (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know we need to sleep better right most of us don't sleep and society in america tells us to keep going um we don't take care of our bodies Mm -hmm. um down from from every aspect from the food that we eat into you know of course the proper rest and how we deal with things emotionally um my question now is how does one find you like if if i'm unlettered Mm -hmm. and i need some health. Is this a word of mouth thing? Is this some how to because what's my first thing that I'm going to do? I'm going to probably take some vitamins to listen to those fools out at the doctor's office, you know, <laughs> you know, to work on me. Um, what's a pathology of, of a person finding you and saying, I'm going to try this?
0: Right, well, a lot of people find me either, but one, if they happen to already have heard of Ayurveda, even, and when they hear of Ayurveda, a lot of people now especially are becoming more knowledgeable about it, or at least hear it more because of yoga, because so Ayurveda is a sister science of yoga. so a lot of people are introduced to it just in passing within the yoga world, um, either if they were yoga teachers, it's because they came across it in a yoga teacher training, or they read about it in yoga journal. Or they came across, um, like, Deepak Chopra and Oprah's meditation series. Deepak, theory. my favorite. Right. mm mm-hmm. Um So in Deepak Chopra, he was one of the, you know, first people who really brought and expanded Ayurveda in the West. Um, and everything that he teaches basically is Vedic knowledge, Ayurveda. But, of course, he, did, he doesn't necessarily use those words, right. which can sure. be very wise because one of right. the challenges is that the language itself sometimes it... Um, people just don't grasp onto it or it kind of goes over your head or it's just not something that people resonate with. Um, So what Deepak Chopra did was talk about all these principles of yoga and Ayurveda, but in regular English language. Um, But so they may come across Ayurveda some way, and so then they search online and they find me. So a lot of my clients find me because they happen to be looking for Ayurveda in Charlotte, and I come up. Nice. Um, Also, people find me, yeah, either word of mouth. Um, or they find me if I'm doing a talk somewhere. Um, but though, or yeah, referrals and online search. is the main. So do you do
1: like health talks and you develop clientele from health talks and sessions like that?
0: Yeah, I do. I need to start doing more of those actually. Yeah. Um, also writing. Um, so, you know, social media posts and online. I have a blog, even though that's one of my goals is to start producing more content out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so people will find me that way.
1: She, what do you got to say about this so far? What are you thinking?
2: I'm enjoying this. I mean, um, I'm familiar like we spoke to your sister a little while ago, um, familiar with the topic. Um, as far as ayurveda, I um how would you how would you describe it as a as a discipline? Is it is it's definitely not allopathic. Right. Would you describe it as holistic, integrative? Would you describe it as naturopathic or Combination of like, how would you describe Ayurveda?
0: Right, that's a good question. So, to answer your question briefly, Ayurveda is a system in and of itself. That's one of the things I love about it, and that has drawn me to it, is that it's a complete system for understanding health and well being. Um, but Ayurveda is definitely a holistic mind body type system because um, it's looking at everything, like we said, the body, um, your mind, and spirituality. Um, But it also can be integrative. So that because, for example, a lot of my clients, they are seeing their doctor, their medical doctor. um, And so the things that I'm working with them on are things that support what they may already be doing with their medical doctor. So dietary support, um, lifestyle support. And when I say lifestyle, those are things like the time you go to bed, the time you wake up, um, how you – your routines that you do in the morning – um, your routines that you do before you go to bed at night, the times that you eat, because right. the time of day that you eat, how you eat is just as important as what mm. you eat. Mm-hmm. So all of those the different types of lifestyle things, um, right. the type of movement that they do, the type of exercise or yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of those can be complementary to what one may get, you know, in allopathic medicine. Um, so it's, it can be integrative, it's, but like I said, it's also a complete system mm-hmm. all on its own, especially traditionally. Mm-hmm. That's what, it, you know, it, it's a complete medical system. Now here in the U.S., um, because of certain laws independent in our state, so there are 10 states within the U.S. that are health freedom states. So in those states, they can more have more access to the full scope of some of these naturopathic and, mm-hmm. and other healing modalities besides allopathic medicine but when you're in a state that um that's not a freedom of health state or health freedom state or where these other fields aren't licensed and ayurveda is not licensed anywhere in the US mm-hmm. um but it is but it's a complementary modality and you can use it as such when
1: when mm-hmm. you say freedom states mm-hmm. how does that and does that hinder any of the work you do
0: That's a good question. (laughs) In my opinion, it does hinder. Um, And so because one of the things I've also done, especially on this journey, is I work part time for the National Ayurvedic Medical Association Mm. as their membership manager. And so that allowed me to kind of really get a, a view and talk to a lot of people who are in the field who are doing this work all over the U.S. and, and those who are in health freedom states and those who are not. Um, and it hinders in that um, you just have to be careful with, you just have to make sure that you're not practicing medicine, which means you're not mm-hmm. diagnosing, um, you're not, and you're not, you really can't even say that you're actually treating um, but but i'm supporting you know hmm. i'm supporting people I'm That's the I'm, language. I'm educating mm-hmm. yeah i'm educating i'm supporting um, and so but there's lots of power in that and it's the helpful to people because a lot otherwise a lot of folks are just kind of out here trying to piece things together on their own by just things that they read or hear which can sometimes be confusing Because there's so many different opinions Mm -hmm. and paths out there. So one thing that I do is using through the Ayurvedic approach, I'm um, kind of laying out a path and a framework, being a guide for someone who is using these holistic um, modalities for health.
1: So being a part of association can certainly help validate uh, some of the work that you do and make mm-hmm. people feel like it's uh, it's it's definitely there to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about a child. Any challenges? Is there challenges with the physical person that you have to deal with? Is there hurdles to help them get past uh, as it relates to uh, traditional medicine?
0: Um, one of the biggest hurdles I think is just people understand people understanding that they have power over their health mm. um and with their health like we're you know the idea that we're co-creators mm-hmm. of, our, yes. of our um being of our existence of our life and and that's very much true you know when it comes to health a lot of times unfortunately in our society we've been conditioned to think that the doctor knows all right mm-hmm. or that you go outside of yourself or you have to go to someone else for your well-being um so kind of helping someone understand that that, um, that that mindset's not helpful, that they have power, that they can change their health by the things that they do. So I would say that, that mindset in and of itself is one one thing to be overcome. Now, the good thing is that a lot of people who are seeking out these natural health types of modalities they're you know, they already kind of have an understanding of that. That's what I thought. Um, but even more so still part, one of the things I do and that I think everyone within this space, you know, people who are yoga teachers, one of the things that we do is just to help further support that, that idea and be that support system, that reminder, um, that there is so much that you can do to change your health.
1: Do you have presences on uh the social media maybe showing work or advertising, what kind of work you do?
0: I do. I have a website which is Tisha dot com. My name T E S I A L O V E dot com. So there's my site there. I'm on Facebook, Tisha Love Wellness. Um so Facebook.com slash Tisha Love Wellness, Instagram at Tisha Love Wellness. And on there I mainly have there I do have some reviews on my Google business page as well as on the Facebook page. Um, so yeah, I have those. Good. Chef, mm. what else you got over there?
2: Um, with regards to Ayurveda, um, the practitioner that I, I I've seen before, mm-hmm. she diagnosed me by reading my pulse. Mm-hmm. What's the science behind that? Like, how can you determine somebody's state of being by reading their pulse?
0: Right. That's a really good question. Um, And if I may, can I take a step back for a minute? So let me take a step back just to kind of, again, reiterate what is Ayurveda. Because one thing I come across a lot of times are people, especially when I do a presentation, people have said to me, oh, that's the first time I actually understood what Ayurveda is. Um, So the way I explain it, Ayurveda is all about living in harmony with nature, your own unique nature and the nature around you. I like that. Mm -hmm. And so when I say your own unique nature, that's what I mean when I'm talking about your unique mind body type. Mm -hmm. And so the the philosophy, the theory behind Ayurveda is that um, all of life is comprised of the five elements in Ayurveda. In Ayurveda, they are ether, which is space, empty space, air, Fire, water, and earth. And when we talk about those elements, we're talking about the qualities that they mm-hmm. represent. So, for example, um, air is movement because it's mm-hmm. the wind. If you think about the wind, it moves. Therefore, it's also drying that movement. Mm-hmm. It's also cold, it's light. Um, then we have fire, which, of course, the quality of fire is hot, but it's also sharp. It's also clearing in that it burns away things, mm-hmm. right? Then we have um, water, which is moist, but it's also cool, fluid. Um, we have earth, which is heavy, stable, dense. So those qualities are the building blocks of life of all matter. And those, quali- those elements also form what are called the three doshas. And the doshas are, you can consider them to be um, an energy or a force that governs physiology, that governs. Uh, nature you can see them at work in nature so they are these three doshas are vata dosha and vata is comprised of ether and air so vata dosha is the qualities of coldness dryness lightness movement number one movement because again think about air moving um an example of vata is that uh so when it comes to a person when you see first of all we have all three of these doshas vata pitta kapha Within, all of us have them, but mm-hmm. one or two of them are more dominant. And so that's what I mean when I say unique mind-body type, which dosha is most dominant in your constitution.
1: And you can find that out.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. and one of the ways that that is seen is through the pulse. But the pulse is just one. The pu- Someone's physiology and physique mm-hmm. are give clues. Their pulse, such as if the... Um, the pulse is uh, kind of difficult to feel. That's an example that there may be a lot of vata within their their constitution or their vikruti. Their vikruti is their current state of the doshas, the imbalance. But I'll come back to that in a second. But um, so vata physically, the way vata can show up are things like someone who's very long and lanky and naturally thin and has always been thin, mm-hmm. like all of their life. Um, And then there's pitta, which is fire primarily, and the qualities of fire, like I said, it's hot, but it can show up physically in someone who has deep-set eyes, for example, who has a a moderate build, naturally athletic build, Um, someone in the mind, they're very discerning, high intellect, your natural-born leader types. That's an example of pitta. Also, someone who's prone to anger is a sign of, of pitta or excess pitta within their constitution. And then you have Cappadocia, which is water and earth. And if you were to mix water and earth, what would you get? Mud. Exactly. <laughs> and so you think about what are the qualities of mud if you were holding some in your hand. It's um, heavy, right. dense, sticky. Mm-hmm. And so those qualities, how do you see them in a person? Um, is somebody who may have a natural, um, stocky build, and they've always had that build. Um, they may have large round eyes, they may have really uh, naturally thick, luxurious, thick hair, as an example, um, prone to excess weight is Cappadocia. Um, and in the mind, someone who's nurturing. Um, but also stubborn, a tendency towards stubbornness. is Because, again, you always go back to the quality, that heaviness, right. that stickiness right. um, is, is stubbornness. So that's Cappadocia. <clears throat> so how do you ter- determine someone's constitution? Because, again, we have all three of those within us because we're built of the five elements. But one or two are most dominant. Um and so, again, I've, when I'm doing an assessment with someone, that's seen through their physique, like those examples that I just gave, but it's also shown through long-term habits and tendencies. For example, somebody who's always been a really heavy sleeper and hard to wake up, like that's someone who has a lot of kapha in their constitution. Mm. Um, but also, back to the pulse, just like that. There are certain clues that are within the pulse that shows signs of what someone's Prakruti, which is the word for your unique mind-body type, your constitution, what that is. And your prakruti, your constitution is set at conception, and it doesn't change. Mm. What changes is your vikruti. Your vikruti is the current state of the doshas, which is basically what's your imbalance. Mm. And that's the big distinction that when people, a lot of times when they read about Ayurveda, they're only thinking of prakruti because that's just how things are talked about um, online a lot. But there's two types. So your constitution, your prakriti doesn't change. What changes is your Mm vikriti. And so you can um, understand, get us an idea of what that is, again, based on someone's physically what they have going on, based on the pulse, looking at the tongue. Um, For example, you know, a long tongue can be a sign of vata. Mm -hmm. A thick tongue can be a sign of kapha. Um, Those are just examples. So all of those things like give a clues as to what someone's constitution unique mind body type is as well as what their imbalances might be so this
1: is part of all of a, a diagnosis process
0: exactly of, of someone's constitution yeah.
1: so yeah. once you have an uh, understanding of the c- current constitution
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that point you do some balance work if needed
0: well, um at that point so the way i work with people in the f- intake we're we're Gathering all of that information to come and then and then I take that and um, then assess what the constitution and what their imbalances are and then come up with recommendations sure. for that. And the thing about Ayurveda is and you were talking earlier about what are some of the challenges. So one, I talked about the mindset of just knowing that we have the power to change our health. Mm-hmm. But also one of the challenges within just our society is that our society is so set on quick fixes People are: Yes, everybody's looking for and it, mm-hmm. you can be as conscious as you want to be. you can be you know, health, healthy mindset as you want to be. It's just the nature of our society, mm-hmm. especially in the United States, is that everybody is looking for a quick fix. So like a pill. Even if it's a herbal pill, it's still a pill. Mm-hmm. But but right. as one of my teachers say, the only way to get healthy is to get healthy. Meaning it's what mm-hmm. you the do. work you do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's and it and um it does not happen overnight typically. Now, yeah, you can take certain remedies, certain herbs that can help give relief, but even herbs are there to assist you as you make right. the changes. Right that will actually help you and lead mm-hmm. to long-term health.
1: Sure. So as someone said before, uh, when you knock on the door of opportunity, it is work that answers. Yeah. So true. the work has to be done within the self. But yeah, we we are prone to that. We are prone to say, you know, what can I take for this? What can I do right. for that? Exactly. So for instance, I talked about this before, I think with Asha. Years ago, I had to have my thyroid removed with Aura. Mm-hmm. And my goal is because I don't like taking medicine
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the doctor. Right. And I know it's a hormone replacement. So my journey is to find uh do some work and find something that can replace that. So that I can use it for a couple of months, go in and test my levels and the doctor say, Oh, you're doing fine. I can say I hadn't taken that crap you gave me in months. Right. That's my goal. Right. So, you know, with those diagnoses that you come up with and then the balances uh to, to work with them there's going to be recommendations like like what, like food, like rest, like.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, they're usually recommendations around food, because, again, all of those. So all the different recommendations are based on what someone's constitution is or what their imbalance is. You actually when I say imbalance, meaning the dosha that's in excess or the doshas that are in excess, Um And that's what you address first. The constitution, understanding your prakruti, your unique mind-body type, is helpful, but you first address what's in excess. And so certain foods can do that, um, as well as certain herbs, as well as your routine. So when I say food, for example, let's just put it simply. Let's go with, okay, vata dosha, right, which I said is the quality of dryness, lightness, coldness. So what that means, if someone has excess vata in their body so let's say they're cold all the time they have dry skin constipation um, anxiousness just all those things are vata type of conditions so if they have too much vata the way you balance that is with the opposite so if they have too much coldness dryness lightness in the body then they want to take in more warmth more groundedness more heavier types of foods so for Mm -hmm. just to put it simply for example instead of eating um popcorn, crackers and salads which are all cold, which are cold, light, dry. They want warm, nourishing cooked foods. They want cooked vegetables, they want um, you know, a porridge. Now this is where, you know, the health field can get uh confusing because then well you got all everyone out here talking about no grains and, you know, or raw this, raw that. I mean, that's the difference with Ayurveda. Ayurveda is always going to come to what is what does this person need? What it does sounds it? specific. Right, right. Specifically right. to, to the what individual. this individual needs. So just, again, staying with this example, someone who has all these body conditions, a raw, cold food diet is not going to help them, period. Right. It's not. And um, someone who, too, you know, and, and there are various factors. It's what's going on in their body in that way, but there's also what season are we in. Where where do they live? What's the climate that they live in? If you're li- mm-hmm. if you have those bad conditions and let's say you're living in the northeast, you really don't need a say raw vegan diet. Mm. Because that's just gonna mm-hmm. aggravate those conditions. Um and if you're if you're older, so times of life also correspond to this. So childhood is the kaffa time of life. Um middle age, adulthood, say through, you know, your your late fifties, early sixties is pitta time of life. When you make that turn into postmenopausal for women or you know those late 50s, 60s years for men and beyond, that's the Vata time of life. Um, so yeah, someone may find that, you know, that they were a raw food vegan, say, in their twenties. Um and they may not have had any problems. But I've come across lots of people, actually a lot of some of my former classmates that used to be, for example, all vegetarian or used to be vegan. And now they're in their fifties and sixties, and they're like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it shows in the body. So that's <clears throat> one of the biggest things that we can all do is to be aware, and that's the beauty of what yoga is talking about, um, and this idea of of mindfulness and being just paying attention to your body and to how you respond to right. things is your guide.
1: What's a balance of your clients? They're mostly female. <clears throat> Some male, not enough, <laughs> because a lot of these things we need to get more men mm-hmm. involved. Like mm-hmm. like I love yoga, mm-hmm. I, I do tai chi a couple of times a week as well, a couple of times a week as well, and it's mostly women. Right, and I'm like, why aren't we represented in there? And mm-hmm. this I mean, what are we afraid of? Um, you know, several people do you know, do do due diligence trying to get uh, most a lot of black men involved in things, but tell us, tell us about some of your challenges with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, actually um, I have both men and women clients. And when I first, because I, one of my specializations is women's health. It's something I'm really interested in. Um, you know, I'm a prenatal yoga teacher. I have a specialty also in prenatal um, massage and, and all of that and just different types of women's health. So I thought that my practice was going to just be women. But now that I've gotten into it, I have a good number of um, men clients. Um, and so I've, I do find that there are men out there who are interested in, you know, whether it be yoga and this holistic health path. Um, Now, yes, you're right. Definitely there are, it tends to be predominantly women who are in these spaces. Um, But I do see that there there are still men who are interested as such as you two guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so as far as you talked about the challenge of that, though, like how can we get more men into the space or aware of this? One, I think, is definitely when men see other men. You know, um, in this mm-hmm. space and in yoga classes and teaching, um, that's that's really exciting um, because I think it's like I just came. One of my clients, he um, recently did a, a yoga teacher training and um, yeah, I was so happy to see that because I and, and he's interested in using his yoga through having um, classes for men specifically. That's good. Sure. Yeah. We need that. Yeah.
1: we. I've never seen a male yoga teacher. We mm-hmm. need that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So so I think more men being in these spaces and the men who are brave and courage, courageous enough to explore their interests, because I also have another client who he came to me um, for body work and he talked to me about how, you know, the first time that he had body work somewhere else, how he was a little nervous and, you know, he didn't want people to think he was weird or being you know a pervert or something it was just all these ideas he had in his mind about what this interest you know uh, what it might mean or what people may think um but he explored it anyway and you know then he told me how he was interested in yoga and um and so the thing my point in bringing that up is that he had this interest in these holistic health paths and you know even though he himself was a little bit apprehensive about Trying it out, he did it anyway, mm-hmm. and you know there there are resources out there, um, you know for men just as there are for women.
1: We need that, absolutely. You know we got to find a way to get more of us involved in these things because we have health issues. I love the fact that it is individualized mm-hmm. because you're your own individual. And this person, it might be good for him in this time, and that mm-hmm. person might not be. The, so with guiding us like like that, I, I really appreciate it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what you got, yeah, What you thinking over there?
2: No, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, though, um, how personalized everything is. Because look, for example, the Atkins diet. <laughs> he died from heart disease, and his diet was composed to offset that. You see, that may have been something that was good for him, which obviously mustn't mm. that make because point. he died from it anyway. But he, so
1: you're saying he died from what he was trying to evade. E-
2: exactly. You mm. know, but the Ayurvedic approach is more like your signature. What is your vibrational frequency? What is what is it that the what is your cosmic fingerprint? And let's resonate your lifestyle to match that.
1: And it's different at certain times of your you life. You
2: know, like like he was saying, the different foods correspond to different elements, and you know, so on and so forth. So I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And oh, another thing too, <clears throat> uh, it, it's funny because my my nephew when he was when he was maybe like one, he was he would eat his food like one thing at a time on his plate, mm-hmm. and my family they they, they got I, think, I believe my niece did it as well, but they got up to where. He would eat it the way the typical American would, just go around a plate, go around a plate, go around a plate. And I tried to explain to him, I said, well, you know what? Honestly, the way that he's eating is the way we're supposed to be eating. Mm. Um, And my father was like, what do you mean by that? I said, because from what I've read, and I've read this from um, Dr. Africa, I believe, was the first person I came across, Um, each, each food that you, that you ingest corresponds to a different element, like just mentioned earlier. And, with that said, there's certain enzymes that are required to break that food down. Now, if you're mixing and matching the food that's coming down there, you're confusing your body. Mm. So it's like the enzymes that's required to break down this one food. You're introducing something else into it. Now, it's, it requires more of an effort to break that down, and it causes indig- indigestion. Is it, did I explain that right? Or
0: uh, Yeah, I think there's different... Theories or ways of explaining that. But when mm-hmm. but when you started mentioning that, that reminded me of, um, you know, what Ayurveda talks about is food combining. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And certain things to combine or to not combine um, that, like you said, can mm-hmm. lead to indigestion. So in, in Ayurveda, digestion is key. So mm-hmm. everything in Ayurveda is going to come back to digestion because the doshas uh, are seated within the digestive tract and they get out of balance there first so that's one reason why that's one thing that um people come to ayurveda a lot for are for digestive issues and that's always Mm -hmm. no matter what um is going on one of the first things that we look at is always going to be um, digestion mm-hmm. and optimizing digestion, and, but and yeah, and one of the ways that that's that that's approached or addressed is through um, food combining. Mm-hmm. The food combining is not something that I I work with a lot, or or I guess with tons of focus on, but it's definitely a factor. Um, like just an example, uh, like the milk and fish, for example is a bad combination. Sounds bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> right, it, doesn't it just doesn't hard. even sound right. <laughs> but that's just an example. Um, and it's, you know, the the science of that can, you know, of, of food combining, you know, can go even deeper. But yeah, but there's, like what you were just mm-hmm. saying, there's definitely some validity to food combining and proper food combining.
1: What about an example of, you don't have to say a name, obviously, someone that came to you and how you helped them out, What, what maybe what kind of, work need to be done. Like maybe you found this out and you thought it might have been that, you know, I kind of like an example. So other people want to hear that. They mm-hmm. can be like, you know what? I got that going on with me. So maybe something that's common.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a big common one, and a lot of these things are, are very simple. Um, Ayurveda in itself, even though it's deep and it's very rich, the recommendations are oftentimes very simple. Um, and so sleep is a big one because, you know, uh, again, within our society, a lot of people are having challenges with sleep or with energy. Um, and so a, a handful, number of my clients, we, I've worked with them and they may have been either not able to sleep, go to, go to sleep with ease, fall asleep, have trouble falling asleep, or they're waking up um, at night. And so one of the first things we look to is, okay, if they're waking up in the middle of the night, around what time are they waking up? Um, so typically, a lot of people are waking up around that 2 o'clock, sometime between mm-hmm. 2 and 4 a.m., which is vata time. So the time of day also corresponds with the doshas. And again, going back to the qualities, vata is movement. Mm-hmm. And so the mind is moving. It has all of these these thoughts um, usually worry or just people's minds are are turned on. And in all of these cases, the way that we brought about balance to that so that they would better sleep through the night is um, and not wake up during those times, one, we're always looking um, to pacify a particular dosha in all different aspects of their life, and it shows up in other ways. So we may be working on pacifying vata dosha through food, through body therapies, and it impacts their sleep. But just specifically around their sleep routine, one thing that we would do is, um, for example, turn down lights and shut off electronics at least 30 minutes before bedtime, mm. um, if not an hour before bedtime. Because that is you're starting to bring down that that movement in the mind, turn down mm-hmm. and get the body in the mind ready for restful sleep. Um, also, to make sure that you're going to bed at the same time every night. That pacifies vata dosha because, and again, if there's ever any doubt when you're thinking of Ayurveda and how you would apply this, you always go back to the quality. So, if vata is that movement, um, that variability, that change, the way to pacify that is with stability. So, that's why going to bed at the same time every night, having um, that grounding routine where you turn down the stimulation, the stimulation being looking at your phone or or, you know, mm-hmm. light headlights on in, the, in, in your room, turning that down and bringing in that warmth. So maybe you'll drink a warm cup of tea, calm, not, not caffeinated tea, but like a herbal tea, um, chamomile tea, for example, before bed. Um, to help pacify that vata and, sl- and sleep better through the night. Um, you all, they might also oil their feet so oiling, so oil itself pacifies vata dosha because it's warm. If it's heated. A typical type of oil? So all different oils have different qualities or doshas that they can impact. But uh, sesame oil is mm. one that's often mm. used in Ayurveda because sesame is energetically warming heavier oil. So if you massage your feet with warm sesame oil before bed, the soles of your feet, that can be very grounding, calming, and you'll see that you'll That you're sounds easily. calming. Yeah, <laughs> just the thought of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can take it a step further, and maybe it has a drop of, um, of a grounding essential oil, like a drop of sandalwood, a drop of jatamansi essential oil in the, in the, in the oil itself, base oil, massaging the feet. So all, so all of these little simple acts, or you can consider them to be you know, rituals, if you will, that you do to create a routine, a self-care routine, calms the mind, pacifies vata dosha. And therefore, when it's vata time, you'll have a restful sleep. But there, that's just an example. Those are, and then these are the types of examples that I've implemented and educated my clients on that they've implemented in their life and saw great And it is simple. She said that were yeah, simple. right? very simple. Um, I
1: think the issue is most people don't have the routine. Exactly. And that's discipline.
0: Exactly. And uh, why don't we have the routine a lot of times? it's A lot of times it's because we're, so almost everybody I come across, I keep mentioning vata. And that's because, one, vata is the main dosha that gets out of balance for most people in some way. Even if they have other things going on, like let's say excess weight, which is kapha. Still almost everybody I come across is, is dealing with the vata imbalance. Um, one, because that's the dosha that's most Easily to get out of balance and most destructive. But two, because we live in a Vata aggravating society. Our world is go, go, go mm. all the time. You know, ripping and running. Um, the modern society like lights on, shows that come on until 11, until 12. Now you can stream. You can watch TV whenever, whenever, however, you know. <laughs> however long mm. you want. Like all of those things are just stimulation. So we just have all of this excess stimulation um, in our lives.
1: And it's external.
0: Right, Um, and so that, so that's why almost so many people, because, and because we're ripping and running all the time, then we're, you know, not eating at the same time, or we're eating on the go in the car or grabbing food from out to Mm -hmm. eat, you know, just all of those things aggravate vata dosha. All of those Mm -hmm. things are excess movement, which then leads to, because we take them in, we take in the world through the five senses that impacts our physiology, our body. And so then we have excess vata because of all of that. Um, And then, like you said, and then, yeah, so how do you get out of that? Part of it is, again, that awareness, recognizing what it is, recognizing that. And a lot of people, if they take a minute to step back, they do recognize it. They, they, you know, they feel anxious or they feel uneasy. Um, So when you recognize it, then the way and are aware of it, then you can start to be more disciplined. If a lot, if you're not even aware, you're just not even going to realize what it is that's um causing you to feel uneasy, do you give your mm.
1: clients timing uh just mm-hmm. say we're gonna implement this and this for the next thirty days and to see as evidenced by what might be mm-hmm. you know what might happen in the future?
0: Right. Absolutely. The way I work with clients is even though during that report of findings, after we have the first intake, um, I give them an overview of what the recommendations are. But then we implement things a little bit at a time. Like they may implement two, anywhere from two to four recommendations over a one to two week period. Um, and they implement those. They can see how it's working for them, and they, and also then we take a step back and look at, okay, did, what challenges may have gotten in the way of them implementing those changes. And then that's where the coaching and support that I provide comes in is helping them to um, strategize around ways to make the changes or other suggestions. So, for example, um, let's say they wanted to turn down – the lights the hour ahead of time before bed okay and maybe they didn't do it most of the days that you know during those couple of weeks so I may ask them okay well what got in the way of them not being mm-hmm. able to implement that they may say well you know I worked late and then I didn't eat dinner until late and then I wanted to just stay up because that's the only time that I have to just do you know do what mm-hmm. I want to do and not do what I have to do during my day job so then we strategize around okay well what could what can you do to get home earlier to make your food or to have your food already ready? You know, so strategizing around those ways, again, for the individual in ways mm-hmm. that will work for them and what they have going on in their life. Um, so, yeah.
1: So we talked about, these are adults we're talking about. What about common things with children?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked with a few children. Um, of course, the parental support is huge for children. Cause, and that really with anybody in a household is always better if they're making, you know, these types of lifestyle changes together as a family. Because that way it makes it less mm-hmm. tempting mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have somebody who's doing something completely the opposite. So with the children, you know, it's definitely a parent-child type of approach. That they're working on things together. Children, the children I've come across, are already, children for the most part are in general you know are healthy now our children in this society is the biggest issue is um the food that you know that they're eating um
1: which the children's can be a lot of junk food sometimes adults right Mm -hmm.
0: exactly and it's and um it's food or it's the routine um i'm just thinking back to my clients um And with the the ch- one child that comes to mind, you know, it was really a matter of me and his mom working together. For them, again, it went back to stabilizing their routine, to when they ate, um, to his nighttime routine. Because this was a child who had a lot of anxiety, rest, actually restless sleep, which is, is not that common for children. But this particular child was having that. Hmm. Um so that's what I, the work that I've done. For the most part, though, I work with adults mainly.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Chip, what you got over there?
2: Um, going back to something you mentioned a little while ago, you said between 2 and 4 a.m. is what, your Vata period? Mm-hmm. A lot of rest, is a lot of movement. Does that have anything to do with rapid eye movement, sleep?
0: It probably does. I don't know. if Eyes
2: are chasing images. Yeah. When you're
0: dreaming. Potentially. I'm not sure. But so the Ayurvedic clock and whether it's a.m. or p.m. So. And this explains several things. So 10 to 2 is pitta time. So if we say 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So, for example, that's the the reason why lunchtime is best eaten around noon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's when the sun is at its highest Mm -hmm. pitta time which is fire time. Um, So that means your digestion, your digestive fire is Mm -hmm. at its strongest. So that's also why your lunch should be the biggest meal of the day. Um, And again, going back to sleep. So in Ayurveda, the three pillars of health is food, sleep, and what's sometimes referred to as sex. But sex means mainly um, protecting your your sexual energy or your your vital energy. But um, food, of course, because what you eat and and what you digest forms the tissues of the body. Mm-hmm. And with sleep, that's how we are resting, restoring ourselves. So that 10 to 2 time during the day, that 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., um, you eat lunch around noon as best as you can. And digestion is at its highest. Lunch should be mm. the biggest meal of the day. That 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. time is still pizza time, but that's why ideally you'd want to be sleep by 10. Because if you notice, a lot of times when we stay up, and let's say you're up around midnight... And then you start, what, getting the munchies or mm. wanting to eat mm-hmm. something, right? Sure. Like, you know, how you'll get, you know, oh, I think I want a midnight snack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that makes sense because that is the pit of time. But ideally, you would be sleep at that time. And your body would be digesting mm-hmm. toxins, to you know, for example, so to speak. And restoring the body, using that transformative metabolic energy to restore the body. Um, but mm. if you're up... It's not doing that. So that's, that's, that's the logic behind why it's best to go to bed around 10 or slightly before 10 and still be asleep um, at that time so that your body can restore itself. When we, talked
1: mm. tea, uh, we talked about tea, we talked about the sesame seed oil and things like that. Is there other foods recommended in this person's, any person's recommendation for uh, digestion and for sleep?
0: Um. Yeah, in general. So, again, things are always going to come back to the individual. But just, you know, generally speaking, um, uh, so for nighttime, the sedative types of herbs um, are things like chamomile. There's um, my mind's blanking for a minute. But so traditionally in Ayurveda, and of course, this is controversial because there are a lot of people who are against milk. And again, there's different types of milk. There's mm-hmm. modern, you know, milk, and then there was raw milk and all of that. But traditionally, um, milk tonics were used for um, to support sleep. Um, but even if you used, you know, coconut milk, for example, or fresh um, almond milk that has... Um, so, um, that has a particular Let's say some ashwagandha powder in it Now you'll see a lot of different herbal Powders everybody knows or is hearing About golden milk for example um, And golden milk is traditionally It's an Ayurvedic tonic that was Turmeric um, it may have black mm. pepper In it it might have ginger in it it might have Cinnamon in it but the the bulk of it Was um, turmeric it's called golden milk golden milk it's saying Mm. you see it all over the place now i I saw a golden milk bar soap the other day Mm. (laughs) the day or you'll see golden milk chai you know it's you know it's america you know how we get on these bandwagons (laughs) but (laughs) right but um but golden (laughs) milk but what it came from was a nickname for this um tonic of milk because milk was used as a traditionally in ayurveda as a tonic um and because it's, it's kafa so it does, you know it's, it's grounding. But it was always warm, never cold milk, um, always warm. So that's an example. So typically a milk tonic. But again, even for people who aren't doing cow's milk, um, you can still get some of that same benefit by using uh, co- warm, coconut milk, warm, fresh ground almond milk um, that may have certain sedative types of herbs in it or, like I said, turmeric in it um, taken at night before bed. Is one that's typically used. Um, other types of herbs that are common to the mind, like for example, one that's also a Western herb is called skull cap. Um, heard of that? Yeah, and that. it's you know just the name mm-hmm. that that nickname itself, you know, a cap on the mind. That mm-hmm. typically is good for um, for pitta in particular, even though it can be helpful to to the vata mind. But um, like people who might be prone to anger or uh, irritation, overly critical. So skullcap, you might drink a tea that has some skullcap in it, a little valerian in it. And this is just, um, I'm, I'm throwing this out as just uh, a general, but when I say for the individual, you know, people, there may be teas, there may be herbal powders that someone might take that's specific for them and, and, and the, the uh, proportion or amount of it determines its effectiveness. So just drinking, mm. a, uh, say, a, a sipping cup of tea, it can be helpful, you know.
1: Is there cross-treating involved with other modalities?
0: What do you mean as far as, mm. like, other approaches? Like other
1: approaches, like, you know, you're working with uh, Ayurvedic, um, but then you might suggest or recommend something else.
0: Um. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and like I said, with most of my clients, they are still seeing, many are still seeing their allopathic doctor, um, or some people haven't had success with allopathic medicine, and so they'll come to me for support or education on, you know, on some natural approaches that they can take. Mm-hmm. Um, people, depending on what they have, may also say go and get acupuncture in addition mm-hmm. to the work that they do with me, because a lot of the work that I do with them is again is diet and lifestyle work, um, or with the body therapies that I provide. Um, and the body therapies are a lot of uh, warm oil massage, um, which again, and again, I'm going to go back to this vata dosha, um, that ground, because it's the, the warmth of the oil, the pace of the strokes, the, the strokes themselves, what Ayurvedic body work is doing, particularly Ayurvedic massage, is that it's working on the energetic body. Mm. Um, so it balances the doshas. It ba- it's balancing to prana, which prana is life force energy, mm-hmm. also known as qi in Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that warmth of the Ayurvedic massage of a treatment that's called shirodhara, which is warm oil that comes and streams down on the forehead, on the third eye, mm-hmm. the sixth chakra mm-hmm. is very calming to the mind, good for anxiety, insomnia. Um, just all of those different types of emotional stressors. It calms the nervousness. Well, system. I never
1: heard of that. That's good. That's an Ayurvedic massage. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Rinky massage almost mm-hmm. there
0: there's lots of similarities i mean and that's the the thing with so for me ayurveda provides a framework of understanding um all of these different uh other modalities which really what i have found in some way are all still coming from mm-hmm. this vedic knowledge mm-hmm. um so yes reiki is working on prana on life force energy on ki in japan in japan it's called ki china's called chi in india it's called prana Mm -hmm. Um, so it's your life force energy, but the Ayurvedic body work, it's, it's working on that prana. It's also, depending on the oil that's used, depending on the strokes that's used, how they're used, it all impacts the doshas in the body. Um, it's also detoxifying the Ayurvedic massage and body work because the strokes are also working on the lymphatic system to help support the natural detoxification within the Mm. body. Um, And then just in and of itself, just the act of receiving the body work itself is nurturing and calming to the mind. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a hands-on modality. So it is a massage. So there's also some benefit to the muscles as well. But that's not the emphasis in, like, Western massage. The emphasis isn't on the muscles. It's on the energetic body. Mm -hmm.
1: So when you typically work with someone, is it a certain amount of weeks or... Do you have certain specific programs? Because it sounds like it's all individual. But do you, if a person came to you, do you have like certain levels of programs that they work
0: off of? Right, that's a good question. Um, as of right now, I start with someone. We start with a minimum of four weeks, but I tell them from the get go that all of implementing these changes is something that they can expect to be working on over a period of about six months. 6 to 12 months depending on the person because again we're implementing these lifestyle changes a little bit at a time so that one that it's not overwhelming and so that two again it's about making behavioral and lifestyle changes Um, and 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 because that takes time so if you think about an imbalance that someone's had or let's say that they've had sleep issues for say the past three years you know it can take time just how it took time to build up to an imbalance it takes Mm -hmm. time to unwind it. Um and so right now I work with someone on an ongoing basis and we change and make adjustments based on what they're presenting. But I have been thinking about implementing actual formal programs that may be four weeks and then go to six weeks. But right now I tell people they can expect about at least, you know, six months, three to six months at least.
1: Right, because you gotta get the routines down, the Mm -hmm. disciplines down. Mm Um, I would think someone, you know, being myself being unlettered, I would think someone working on a routine would probably see some results within six weeks.
0: Definitely improvements for sure. I have, you know, one client who after after about two weeks of work, he saw improvement with his anxiety and with his sleep. And that had been an ongoing issue for him for at least a year.
1: Yeah. So why that's good is because now they're not reaching out allopathically to get something or mm-hmm. taking sleep aids or anything mm-hmm. like that. They've taught them. It's kind of like a relearning mm-hmm. to teach yourself how to get back to that.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's definitely a relearning. It's an awakening, an awakening mm-hmm. to that innate knowledge that we already know we already have within inside us. You know, the body is meant to be well and healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the things that we do oftentimes that that gets things out of balance or that allows the body to get out of balance. And so it's it's a relearning. It's again, a coming back to nature or to the wisdom of nature. Um, But one thing, important thing too, I want to just raise for people and that I'm always reminding my clients about is that, um, and it's the approach that I take to Well-being and health, too, is that um, it's a process. It's a practice. It's a process. It's not about being perfect, because what I have definitely seen and found is that a lot of people, um, they feel like, oh, if I can't do this perfectly, then they just want to give up or they feel that they have to be perfect in order for it to, quote unquote, work. But no, it's... it's um, They have to
1: already be perfect. Huh? Right. So,
0: And I really make a big, big stress of that, that it's not about being perfect. It's not about... It's fine if you happen to, in my book, the way I work with people and the way that I live my own life, you know, if I happen to say... Lord forbid, <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. have to get some fast food because I was starving and I just had to have something, mm-hmm. you know, that could happen. Right. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have, to
1: have to go to McDonald's. <laughs> what is the best thing on there? Right. i got to have something.
0: Right, I've got to have something. This is my only option at this moment, because maybe I'm traveling down, you know, I'm driving on the highway mm-hmm. or I'm in the airport, you know. It's okay. You know, you don't have to be perfect all the time. What matters most is what you do most of the time. I agree. Um and again, it's a practice. When I say it, meaning life itself, it's a journey. It's um this un- implementing the wisdom, the knowledge that one gains about well-being. You know, it's a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. And the beauty of Ayurveda, the way, you know, from and again, it's it's a guide, it's a it's a path. Um is that it gives you an understanding, and then with awareness you can implement the changes and the things that are beneficial to you in your life. And um, when you get off track, you can you come back to it, plain and simple, um, and you'll see the benefits. But you don't. I feel I find that a lot of times people get uh, again they judge themselves. So because they don't feel like they've done something perfect, and this could be with anything, even someone mm-hmm. let's say who's trying to who wants to go vegetarian. You know, they may get down on themselves because oh well, I broke, I ate some meat. You know, it's okay, you know. <laughs> you don't have to judge yourself. You know, it's a work in progress. Um, so yeah, so I just want to read um, to put that out there because I see it time and time again. You know, with my with with my clients, just in general, people get overwhelmed, and and I say this too from experience because for me one of the things that brought me to this work and to the healing work is that, um, I've always, so I've never had, even when I was a teenager, I was never the type of person, for example, who could eat anything and still, you know, have a healthy weight. Um, so it started with the idea of weight management for me, because for, as a, again, I was going
1: to ask you about weight loss. Yes. Mm -hmm. As
0: a, as a, as a teen and and beyond, Mm -hmm. you know, I was always someone who I had to be mindful of what I ate. And, um, I've learned, you know, so I'm high on the learning curve now, not just because of Ayurveda, because in my life I've implemented healthy eating within this world that we live in without being, um, in my mind, without being overly rigid. And it's worked for me. So, you know, just as an example, like I weigh less now. I'm a healthy weight now, and I weigh less now than I weighed in high school or college. Wow. Um, Whereas, you know, most people, of course, gain weight as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um but that's again because over time i've implemented i've learned you know just little strategies um around how to to eat out in the world. Um, but one of those things that I use is that it's, you know, if, yeah, if I, if I'm at a family function and I have a slice of cake, okay, so what, I have a slice of cake. That just means maybe I'll have a slice of cake and then I'm be sure to pile my plate up with vegetables instead. (laughs) Or if I happen to have, you know, not eating the best today, then I make sure for the next several days that I really, you know, eat well, you know, so it's that, that ebb and (laughs) flow, that, um, being flexible. That has worked for me and what I've recommended to my clients so that people don't um, just throw in the towel. A lot of people will throw in the towel, so to speak, or or just feel that they can't make these changes because they put too much pressure on themselves to try to be perfect.
1: Any any other forms of body work that you didn't describe?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Ayurveda has a whole suite of body therapies. Um, So... So again so there's the warm oil massage which is called Abiyanga, And there is I do what's called Shila Abiyanga which is hot stone Abiyanga. So a warm oil massage that's also using hot stones. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before. Highly recommended nice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as we get into the fall and winter season. Um there's Shiro Dara, which I mentioned. Shiro means head. Dara is a continuous stream, so that's where um again warm oil. Streams continuously over the the third eye, the sixth chakra over the forehead um, and down the hair for about that's that's the treatment that lasts about 50 minutes. The streaming itself of the oil lasts about 35 to 40 minutes. Really, really great treatment, and it's an iconic Ayurvedic treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a treatment called um, Pinda which is uh, it's kind of like tie ball massage. So it's where these boluses or poultices um, of herbs and rice are used on the body, and they're heated. And they are, it's, it's kind of, it, in, in a sense, it feels like a scrub. It also feels like hot stone massage because they're warm. So that's really good for um, any muscular types of pains, arthritic type of pain. That's good for that. Um, there is what's called udvartana, which is a uh, translated it's like a um an ayurvedic herbal scrub so it's like a oil massage but also different powdered herbs are used in vigorous strokes so that's really helpful for pacifying kapha dosha the water and earth dosha so i do that um i do there's garshana which is a type of dry brushing which helps with lymphatic cleansing that's an add-on that's about 15 minutes that's done before a massage and How does that work? That's um, So And so If you've heard of dry brushing You know Typically it's a, a Handheld brush That's used With this one The Ayurvedic approach Is their raw silk gloves That are used And their short Circular strokes On the body That's very light um, But it's, it's uh, Lightly exfoliating The skin But it's It's working to um, Support detoxification That's one of the things That it does mm. um, and so it's it's I cu- full cover the whole body so it's you know doing these strokes on the legs on the back front and- So
1: now you talked about detox that's my last question mm-hmm. that I had and how can this uh practice help with different forms of detoxification
0: Right that's a really great question um so in ayurveda de- detoxification is a is a big aspect because um one of the Challenges or causes of disease or imbalance is what's called in Ayurveda toxicity in the body is referred to as ama, mm-hmm. and um, it's basically toxicity that happens from poorly poor digestion, um, and so traditionally the way ama is cleared is through what's called panchakarma. And Panchakarma is the Ayurvedic tradition or approach of detoxification of a cleanse. So sometimes now, you know, now cleanses are big, that you'll see people promoting cleanses or so forth on or detox. Um, So those are kind of like a home version of Panchakarma. Panchakarma is traditionally done where a person has a consultation to assess what their constitution is, what their imbalance is, and then certain body therapies and Herbs and certain herbalized oils are used to to oil the body. So the approach is that through the intake of ghee, which is clarified butter. And there's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation about, you know. Clarified butter. Yeah, so, yeah, ghee is is used medicinally in Ayurveda for a number of reasons. I don't, you know, have it all able to articulate it right now, but there's actually science behind it. Um, but of why it works and how it works. But basically through oiling the body internally and externally, so internally through the intake of of ghee, externally through oiling the body through all these different oil therapies that I talked about, um, toxins or AMA is brought back into the digestive tract because if you think about it, a lot of these toxins are fat-soluble toxins. Mm -hmm. So they're brought back into the digestive tract and then through the five actions than through the, such, such as um, you know and some and I, I hesitate when I'm saying this because some of these things aren't performed as much in the United States but so for example vomina which is therapeutic vomiting like that's there's probably only mm-hmm. one or two places where that's actually done in the United States but there are these different approaches where once AMA toxicity is brought back into the digestive tract through this external and internal oiling, um, then you have these therapies that then expel. So again taking a purgative or a medicated enema these are just examples i don't want people to hear this and like go bananas <laughs> <Wow>. you know <laughs> okay. like it's it's a it's a process and it's traditionally and properly it's done you know under the it's done where someone is actually staying at a residential place they're staying they're at a residential retreat where they may be there for 5 7 14 21 28 days doing this, where this is, is, you know, they are being overseen, they're being guided and monitored throughout this process, Um, working with the Ayurvedic doctor and then the therapists that are doing all of these different body therapies. But it's a matter of, again, that external, internal oiling, bringing the toxin, the ama, back into the digestive tract and then expelling it with certain body therapies and then also with the diet. So also the Ayurvedic form of a cleanse is done through um, eating kitchery, Kitchari is a classic healing dish in Ayurveda that's comprised of basmati rice and yellow split mung beans. Those cooked together. It's basically a mono fast. So, you know, when people talk think about fast, you know, you, there's juice fast and you know, all these different types of fast. And Ayurveda is a mono diet of sometimes with cooked vegetables. But that one thing, eating that one thing that with this approach, you're nourished still because you have the complete protein of the um, basmati rice and the mung beans together makes a complete protein, and it's easy to digest, and it has certain um, antacid, for example, properties. So that's one of the reasons why it works and helps to let the body cleanse basically because it's giving the body a break similar to other cleanses but in ayurveda Mm -hmm. kichari is used so kichari yeah kichari and then kichari can be used not just for the cleansing process but it's really great to eat also for if you have an upset stomach um it can be helpful if you have an upset stomach and you're still and you still have an appetite um it's very soothing to the stomach so in a nutshell (laughs) just trying to explain this process of panchakarma that's the approach that ayurveda uses to cleansing toxicity or ama out of the body and excess doshas out of the body and that's typically done either when someone is sick if they're strong enough or and or it's done at the turn of a season so that's why you'll see Mm -hmm. like ayurvedic cleanse their fall Mm -hmm. or in the spring um but Panchakarma itself is, is very expensive, like if it's actually done, because again, you're staying somewhere for five to fourteen days. So, you know, it could be anywhere from two to six thousand dollars depending on where you go. Um and so because of that price, there are short home cleanses that can be done where someone does the kitchari diet, they oil themselves by giving themselves a oil massage every day, they do the ghee in the morning. There's a whole protocol behind that where someone can safely and gently do a kind of shortened version sure. of that at that home. Sense. And so that's when you see cleanses, um, like that's a, the Ayurvedic form or approach to a seasonal cleanse. And
1: that's very involved. But for someone who's serious, I think that that would be something that anybody would want to do who, who's serious about their health
0: right it's, it definitely can be helpful and there's different ways to do it you know it can be as short as three days one day like one thing that i found is that um even just doing say a kitchery cleanse for one day it's helpful because you know for me i found it 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 breaks um a habit so for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. especially let's say you have a sweet tooth and you find that you're always having these cravings, or that you just you just find that you have to have a little something sweet every day. Like maybe it's sugar in your tea, or maybe it's you know whatever a piece of chocolate covered a almond, candy bar. or yeah, something like that. But when you have even just that one day of only eating, let's say kitchery in this case, you realize that you one you get to experience what your body feels like not having the sweet. Or let's say even if it's for three days, too. You, um, so it, can, it shows you at least that, oh, I can do this. Like I don't have to have, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to have this this sweet craving. And you'll and the craving will often fall away just from giving your body that full one day or three days. So is that like a reset? Break. Exactly, yeah. And essentially, really, that's what a cleanse is. We call them, you know, when I say we, meaning the holistic health community, they call them cleanses. But what they really are is a reset to help the body um, restore its na or improve its natural function to- mm-hmm. of cleansing. You know, because of course we all know, you know we all um, have elimination. You know, the body naturally sure. cleanses, but it's mm-hmm. the it's our lifestyle and the things that we do that kind of dampens that or weakens digestion. So certain cleanses can't quote unquote cleanses can help reset the body or help support the body's natural detoxification systems.
1: Brother, mm-hmm. you got any more questions? We got schooled up in here. Uh,
2: yeah, I know, I know. Um, as far as your body work, do you work with mom, what they call, mama points?
0: Yes. Um, so mama points. In Ayurveda, mama points are, the they're, you know, in Chinese medicine, they're acupressure points. Right. Um, but they're essentially, they're the same thing. They're, they're, sometimes they're a little bit different on the body. But they're, they're, they're centers, they're portals, if you will, to the energetic body. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so in my the body work that I do, yes, I'm working on certain marma points um, mm-hmm. in that. But there are treatments, too, where you only work on marma points or on pranic healing, which is basically kind of like Reiki. I mean, it essentially, mm-hmm. is Reiki. In my opinion, like, you know, truth is truth, in my opinion. That's the way I look at things. And so with a lot of these modalities, they're essentially the same. Mm-hmm. It's just a slightly you know, different approach behind right. it. So pranic healing, marmotherapy, therapy, for example, can still kind of be considered, you know, it's, it's Reiki therapy, if you will, you know, of course, no, it's not exactly the same, but essentially sure. it's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with all the other different types of energetic healings. Like in, in my, when I was doing my massage training, um, I had one, a class where we basically did a survey of overview of all the different energetic types of modalities and they're essentially the same thing. They're just different approaches to sure. it. Sure.
1: What can we look forward to with Tisha Love over the next? <laughs> uh, let's say up through the fall. What we got going on? You got any? Yeah. Uh, you, got, you got any any health teachings or any place you're going to be at that we can? You know stay tuned to? Right.
0: Thank you. Yes, great question. I do, actually. This, in a couple of weeks, I have an event um, with Brandy Trujillo, who's a sound healer. We're having an event on Thursday. Hey, I,
1: Brandy Lay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. And because that's, you know, okay. my, that's my part of my modality is, uh, uh, yeah. you know, sound, vibrational okay. healing. Mm-hmm. I've been trying. She's always in a week during the week.
0: Oh. And I'm trying
1: to get to, so when is that? Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, so
0: we're having an event together, an experience is what I call it, or a bliss shop. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a workshop and not even a place shop, a bliss shop mm-hmm. on um, Thursday, August 29th. From seven go. to go to eight Thursday p-
1: again. I gotta get oh. off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> From seven to eight thirty PM at um, Elemental Healing, which is where my office is. That's fifty two hundred Park Road, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And it's upstairs where the movement room is. But we're having a meditation experience. So it's we're calling it breath and sound, a meditation experience. And we're going, Brandy is going to be there. She does the crystal singing bowls and different sound vibration with percussion and different and singings. She does some also. Um, But we're going to open with some gentle yoga movement that I lead, but Brandy will be, you know, playing the sound. And what's the date of that again? Um, August 29th. That's
2: next Thursday, next
0: week. Right. Not exactly. Not this coming Thursday, but the next. And so we'll have a little gentle yoga. We're going to do a little um, breath work. And we'll have A small bit of discussion But then And then go into um, Laying or seated meditation And what with, time is With that? the sound vibrations It's from 7pm To 8.30pm
1: Gotcha Gotcha so Ladies yeah. and gentlemen We got Tisha Love Here in the yeah. building
0: Thank
1: you My Rock studio Done it again We had a great time Learned a whole lot You got any other so questions always.
2: Brother No, no she's good, she's good She answered a lot She covered a lot yeah. yeah She covered a lot She covered <laughs> <got> a lot <laughs> Did she answer some Of your questions Oh yeah Absolutely, I mean, there's more that could be asked, but we don't have no time for all that. Right. I mean, the the subject itself is too vast. So yeah,
1: yeah, we always run get, into that though. We, we, we. Can always
2: bring her back though, if you want. I mean, it's up to you. We all,
1: yeah, we can bring her back. <laughs> we, always
2: bring, we always bring her back. You know, because
1: I'm again, I, I want to know more about, uh, you know, what's going on out there with that. I want to know more about uh, things that it can heal and help people heal. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're always gonna want to know more information so
0: Well, if I could give my just my contact information, Go so ahead. definitely, if people want to find out more about me and even um, book any um, bodywork services, because I have other services too that I offer that I didn't mention. Um, my website again is tishalove.com dot com, T E S I A L O V E dot com, and then I'm on um, Tisha Love Wellness on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, so yeah, so just follow me, join my email list. I'll be promoting things as they come up join the email list you guys join
1: that list so we can get conscious of all these things there's a lot going on out here and we need that so uh shep shura tisha love we've done it again we appreciate having you on here thank you and look you. forward to seeing you again and hopefully uh you know we'll do what we're supposed to do everything's working out everything's always working out we got the right vibration in the room
2: absolutely absolutely all
1: right, thank you. All right. Peace, tough, peace, peace 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 go with the agent shut down.